Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Ben and Nate's questions that we ask people on the internet. I'm one half of your host, Nate Fay, and I'm a licensed massage therapist as well as an osteopathic manual therapist based here in Connecticut with over 18 years in private practice. And when I'm not seeing clients in my office, I'm you can find me touring around the world presenting for Eric Dalton and Miles Skeletal Alignment Techniques. Hey, everyone, I'm the other half of your host, my name is Ben. I have been a massage therapist for 20 years or longer. I've done everything in the massage therapy world from being an employee to being part owner in a multi-therapist massage office. I love to learn and that's why I love talking to Nate and making this show. I also have a small YouTube channel called Benji and the Massage. So if you're ever bored, check it out. All right, buddy. We have a disclaimer alert. Disclaimer alert. Everything that pours out of our mouths, from our brains to our mouth, mouth, we're like vessels here, man. It's coming from us. It doesn't represent our practices, anybody that we work for or teach with. Everything we say is on us. And I tell you what, we value your input. So you have anything to let us know, any questions, anything you want to add to the show, we love to hear from you. So let us know down in the comments or anywhere on our Facebook page. Where can they find our Facebook page, Nate? Ben and Nate's questions that we ask people on the internet. You got to find us there. You got to follow that page. And we want you guys responding to those questions because it's what makes our show happen. Thank you for being part of the show. So let's get into the show, Nate. What do you say? Episode nine, baby. Here we are. Love it. How have you been? Been doing well. Tell me what's uh, what's been a big win for you? Because I know we like to talk about that. What's been a big win for you this last week? Ooh, big win this week. Uh, let's see. Big win, man. It's just been a, it's been a nice, smooth week in my practice. I got my Christmas shopping done. That is a big, big win leading into uh, the weekend of the holidays. So I'm going to leave it at that this week. How about you? I like the word you used, smooth. You know, I only have myself to blame for being busier than normal. It's just because I'm taking some time off over Christmas. So I want to get those people in, but everything is going smooth. Just working, working a little bit longer hours. Time off is important, buddy. You have to do it. We have to remind ourselves being self-employed to do that once in a while. Are you having a self-employed Christmas party every year my wife and i have a self-employed christmas party she is my plus one what do you got for me do you have a question for me this week we have a question on ben and nate's questions we ask people on the internet let me let me throw it out to you here's the question that we asked could you please explain to me what pain is take this into context of who you are with your client and they ask you this question how would you answer this question and why? We're going to talk about pain today. Why do I have pain? You know, why did this happen to me? How did I do this? Those are some of the most common questions that our clients come in and ask, ask us. So my question was, yeah, by default, you know, how would you how would you explain that to somebody? And um, we had a good we had a good response there, which we'll get into in a little bit. But what do you think about that? I think maybe we should define pain because there's a few definitions of pain. So what what's what's the definition of pain that that you like? I think the definition of pain that I like comes from the uh, International Association for the Study of Pain and Pain Science. And our good friend Eric uh, talked about this in one of his earlier books, uh, Myoskeletal Alignment Techniques book that uh, pain is a it's a multifactorial experience. It's multi-dimensional. It has multiple experiences. 
And my favorite part of that definition is that it can be with or without tissue damage. And that's the definition that I like to go by. And that's the definition that I like to use. How about you, buddy? Yeah, I like that you went more with a, uh, I'm going to call it textbook definition or Mm -hmm. dictionary type definition. Yeah. I want to introduce to you a definition of pain that I kind of borrowed from Tom Myers, the author of Anatomy Trains. And I don't know if you've heard this definition before, but he defines pain as, and I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase him a little bit. Pain is an intense sensation followed by the motor intent to withdraw. And if there is no motor intent to withdraw, it's just an intense sensation. Now, this would be a definition that would probably be more applicable in the therapy room as opposed to a dictionary definition. What do you think about that definition? Let's see. I remember I, I remember hearing Tom Meyer's definition uh, several years ago. And what do I think about that? You know, do people let's let's talk about this, right? So it's uh, if it's a multiple experience thing, and I'm sure have you experienced pain once or twice? Yeah, yeah, me too. Once or twice, you know, I had my I've had my experiences with it. And my maybe my experiences to work through it. So if it feels like musculoskeletal pain, you know, I might try some exercises or stretch or call my chiropractor, Uh, but it's not an emotional experience for me. You know, I don't get scared. I don't get upset. I don't uh, necessarily want to withdraw, if you will. And I don't, I don't believe for me that uh, once in a while, when I experience low back pain, that I have any sort of tissue damage. So that works for me. But then we've had clients, right? Much like I'm sure you have that come in sad. Have you ever had people cry in your room? I just had it happen the other day. There you go. Right. So that, that kind of stuff happens. So tell me a little bit more about that definition and what you like about it. You know, so the withdrawal part, the way I imagine it in my brain is you hold your hand over a flame you can hold it there for a little bit and it can start to get pretty intense but once it gets to a certain point you're going to have to withdraw otherwise you're going to have tissue damage so that's kind of uh how i see that that definition and also as we talk through it you brought up one definition of pain i brought up another definition of pain so that kind of lends into this, I think we all have different definitions of what pain is, which makes it even harder to define. I think we do for sure. But I also think that uh, when it when it fundamentally comes to our treatment room and people come in with low back pain or neck pain, so let's take those two examples because those are the two most common things that people call about. Low back pain is probably number one. <clears throat> Statistically, it's number one in the, in the world. We can both agree uh, that there's you know, probably a, a, a bunch of variations on how we might define pain. I think we probably can both certainly degree, agree that pain doesn't necessarily mean that there's damage, right? Tissue damage. And I think probably like the average client or patient that walks into our clinics or anyone's listening, it's probably their first thought is they're broken or something's wrong with them. And I picture, you know, 20 years ago going to massage school that I was kind of led to believe that low back pain was maybe the result of a, a muscle one single muscle. Quadratus lumborum. Yeah, there you go. The most, I, I say my my joke in my classes is that uh, certain muscles are going to be in talk therapy for the rest of their life. You know, like pure, there's piriformis laying on the, on the therapist couch, you know, everybody blames me, but I was led to believe all that stuff. So, I mean, I went through a part of my career, you know, just thinking like, Hey, why do I have pain? Well, it's your QL, 
right? It's your piriformis. That's why you have pain. And when I started hearing, you know, and when I started studying this stuff a little bit more and hearing definitions like the one that you brought up and the one that I brought up, I was like, wow, there's a lot of reasons that people have pain. Emotional, stress, anxiety, depression, could be biomechanical issues, could be the fact that they hate their job, they have a case of the Mondays, they hate their coworkers, and people handle that in different ways, right? They either maybe withdraw in a way, or maybe emotionally withdraw, anger, sadness. Anyway, if a client walks into your practice and says, you know, why do I have pain? How can we talk about that with them outside of our definitions in a way that they're going to maybe understand this? That's a huge question. That's a, it's a huge question. And we have, as massage therapists, we have a lot of time, but we don't have that much time. I think it goes back to what we talked about in an earlier episode is what's the most important part of a massage? And maybe part of what's going to help them is that connection. What what does a treatment consist of the majority of the time when you go to PT or chiropractic? It's um we're treating that pain, just what you said earlier. What what muscle is the cause? What is the cause of your pain? I'm gonna find that cause. I'm gonna work on I'm gonna work on that and I'm gonna get rid of your pain. Like black and yeah. white, it's that simple. And how many times do you see that approach? And is that is that helpful? I think for some people, it's helpful in the moment and it convinces possibly some clients or probably many clients that's what's wrong with them and that's why they had pain. I'm going to work on this muscle. I'm going to adjust this bone. I'm going to exercise this muscle group. And that's the reasoning. And I think that can be a little dangerous because then when the person's pain comes back and maybe it doesn't get as better quicker the next time, or maybe it starts manifesting in different ways. Yeah. So then it comes down to, we always have to find a reason for the pain. We need to find that uh, scapegoat or it's because you're sitting at your computer or it's because you're, you're walking wrong or your gate's off or this or that. And there's a lot of that. And at the end of the day, not to totally boil this down into a simple, uh, black and white thing, you know, you and I and many people listening we focus, we do focus on one aspect of it. And that's in, in some ways, that is our job to think about those things. I think it's also our job to maybe be above and beyond that now and maybe smarter or better critical and clinical thinkers when it comes to that. Yeah, that's interesting. You brought up that's part of what we do. And so that made me think about expectations. So mm -hmm. someone comes to our office, they have an expectation of soft tissue work because we are a massage therapist. So that's what we do. And their expectation is that soft tissue work is my answer, whether it is or not, I don't know, but in their mind, maybe that's going to be the answer. And so if we yeah. apply that soft tissue work, that could be one approach to helping with the pain. I have Ooh. so many questions. <laughs> I have more questions than I have answers about this whole topic because I talk about it with my clients all the time. Let's back way up again. We had um, a lovely response from one of our uh, listeners, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. We enjoyed your response. And I like what Jamie said. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's one particular sentence that she wrote that I really love. And she said, I find that it helps to reduce the fear. She tells her clients that it's information, right? It's not necessarily bad, but it's that person's experience. So she uses kind of like what, what we were saying earlier. It's that person's experience in the moment. But I love what she said about reducing fear. And I think when a client comes in, however they're handling it in the moment, they're fearful. Maybe they've never had this experience before, or maybe it's their seventh go around with low back pain. And sometimes what I'll hear, but this time it's different. 
This time it's worse. And why is that? Why is that, Ben? Why is that, Nate? That's what they'll say. And I think it's my first, I like what Jamie said, because that's one of the first things that I do is try to start to change gears with people and start to reduce how they're feeling in the moment, anxious, sad, angry. And we can start to open up that conversation with them. I might say something like, why do you think you have low back pain? And they'll start giving me all the answers that I think they want me to hear. Well, I think it's because I sit too much, or I think it's because I do a lot of hefty, heavy lifting for my job. But then I might start asking them about you know, their week or how life's going for them. On our questionnaire, I think most massage therapists ask the question, stress, anxiety, depression. And they circled those things. I noticed that you circle those things. What's, what's, what's stressful for you? Well, X, Y, and Z. My job's been tougher. Things have been rough at home. Okay. And then I might ask them, do you think that's a contributor to your low back pain? And they'll say, yeah. And then they'll start to maybe open up a little bit about that. And then at some point, you know, I think it's important for us to like get them to understand that it doesn't mean they're broken and it doesn't mean they're they're damaged. So sometimes I like to throw out statistics with people that, hey, listen, you know, if we threw a rock and hit somebody over the age of 40 and took an x-ray of their low back, they're probably going to have arthritis. And there's nothing wrong with that. People live healthy lives with, with arthritis of the lumbar spine. And that's not necessarily the cause of your low back pain. And then we start to have those conversations until maybe they lighten up and start to loosen up a little bit. I love those follow-up questions that you ask. One of my favorites is, tell me more. And yeah. I just keep asking that until yeah. you get to the good stuff. And one of my favorite answers is, why do I have pain? Because, you know, like every good musician steals a riff or a lick, every good massage therapist steals from another manual therapist. And one of my favorite answers that uh, Greg Lehman says, it's just from being effing human. That's why. It's because we're human, right? It's going to happen. Think about the sitting to standing problem, right? Well, I sit all the time, so everybody got stand-up desks. And then what happened? They still had pain. So anyway, so reducing fear. Shout out to Jamie on that. I like that. Reducing fear. Thank you, Jamie. I have a question about pain that I thought about today, and I'm not, I'm just going to bring it up to you because it's based off of some things that I've, that I've read and watched recently. But I want to ask you, do you think pain is learned? I do. Yeah, I definitely do. And that's a whole nother aspect of pain too, right? I think that, um, well, why don't you, I, I'm going to say I do. And why don't you talk about that a little bit? I also believe that pain is learned. And I think it's probably a lot of it is, is on an unconscious level. We don't consciously try to learn how to make ourselves feel pain. Um, I think things happen and we feel pain and then that stimulus comes again and we expect to feel that pain. So now we feel that pain and a deeper sensation or more of that pain. That's kind of what I feel like. There's a whole category of people that want to have pain, that wear their pain as a, as a badge of honor. And there's categories of people like that, that um, have chronic pain. You know, let's keep the, we'll keep this in the category of musculoskeletal pain. And um, I've been everywhere. I've tried everything. Oh, I've done that diet. I've done that workout. I've gone to that person and no, nothing helps me. Nobody helps me. And then maybe you see their social media posts later. Oh, I had so much low back pain today and I was in bed half the day. And, you know, then there's that sort of maybe dopamine, if you will, of likes and comments of people sort of, you know, what we should do, right? We want to feel sorry for our fellow human, but there, that's there's that aspect of pain too. That, that pain that defines who they are. One of the questions that I ask people is, well, when they come in, 
I ask them what feels good. And it's hard for a lot of people to do that. And I'll sit there and wait for them to tell me one thing that feels good. And sometimes they just relent and they go say, well, my ears feel good. Okay, that's a start. <laughs> you know, hey. It is a good that's start. Good. Yeah. It's so easy for us to think about what is hurting. Sure is. When you see somebody for the first time, the first session or the second session, you know, everybody responds a little bit differently to our work. And that's dependent on a lot of factors too. But let's just say they start to have some improvement. So they come back in for their second visit and, you know, hey, how are you doing after our first visit? Yeah, I feel better. I can roll over in bed a little bit better. I can get out of my chair a little bit better, but my low back still hurts. So what's the best thing to do in that situation? Reiterate, What's, what's improved for them? Hey, think about that. You know, you've had low back pain for seven months and in just one visit, you're rolling over a little bit better and you're getting out of your chair better. You haven't been able to do that in seven months because people will always end their sentence with, but I still haven't and want to kind of revert to that. So it's important for us to start to talk them out of it. I love that. And I refer to that often as radiating positivity, taking their negative and going, yeah, but giving a butt to their butt. Right. (laughs) Yeah, but look what you were able to do that you weren't able to do. Given that we are massage and manual therapists, right? We hit on this earlier, right? There's a little bit of what we do. Uh, Some of us, you know, I know you are, I know I am, you know, we're versed in, you know, this type of history taking and and an assessment process, whatever you like to use for assessments, and then the treatment process itself. So do you think that The way that we're talking through this now, the way we communicate with people and we bring down their fear level about pain, we speak in a positive manner. What was the phrase one more time? Radiating positivity. We radiate positivity and, you know, we help them to understand that uh, they don't have tissue damage. So we've covered those three big bases with them. And then we do our best soft tissue work because we're massage therapists so is it all of those things that helped them or is it just the soft tissue work that, that helped to uh, reduce their pain? What do you think? Oh, throw a dart. How do you know? How do you measure? You know, that's a good question. How do you measure what helped? But also I'm going to back up a little bit and how do you measure pain to begin with? I know there's a few ways, but I want you to talk about that a little bit. I don't think you can measure it, right? Remember the old scale of one to 10, sad mm-hmm. face to happy face? I mean, that's relative. I mean, that's that's like, you know, your, your 10, right? We've said this before, your 10 could be my two, you know, my 10 could be your one, right? When it comes to something like that. I don't even necessarily use the word pain when I'm interacting with my clients because that's not a relatable term either. Because I get people that say, jump up and down on me, do your worst. You know, you can hurt me. I have people say that to me. I'm like, I don't want to hurt you. That's not why we're here. So their pain, they don't understand their, you know, they can't process pain. They don't understand that. <clears throat> so really the the words that I'll use is sensation. You know, I'll, I'll ask them, what's the abnormal, tell me about the abnormal sensation that you're having in your neck or your low back or your arm. Really, I don't even use the word pain with most of my clients because then they might say to me, pain, I don't have pain. I just got this thing in my neck. Do you feel like the word tight is also kind of synonymous with pain? They use the word tight to describe pain, so to speak. Pain and tight are both four letter words. And they say, you know, you at, you check in with them and like, what are you, what are you noticing here? Like, well, that's really tight. Yeah. Okay. Well, is that uncomfortable? No, it's just tight. Right. What is define tight for me? 
<laughs> and is that is that a bad thing right is being is being tight a bad thing you know i think we've learned too and i don't want this could be a whole nother episode but i mean we could you know we could destabilize somebody right with our work and and hurt them i don't think many i don't think some therapists realize that that something that's tight and maybe tight for a good reason is tight for a good reason. And people that feel tight and have that sensation of tightness can be very flexible, hypermobile. You know, I used to work on Cirque du Soleil people. They used to say that they were tight. And then three hours later, they're on stage tying themselves up into a pretzel. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, I want to go back to this uh, measuring pain. And, and you brought up the pain scale. And that's one one way that has been used to measure pain. And it's a test and it's a, it's an assessment. But if you think about another type of test, I'm going to call it like a blood test or some other type of test where you take it and the person who's taking the test said, no, I didn't use I didn't use cocaine at all. Well, it shows here in your blood work that uh, you definitely have been taking cocaine. There's no refuting that. You know, it's black and white, but the pain scale is we have to go completely off of what they report to us. And like you said, their scale might be different from ours, but also everything practitioner may have a different a different way to interpret that pain scale. So I've heard some people say, well, if you're at a 10, we need to go to the hospital right now. And other practitioners have said, well, you know, 10 is is extremely uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. So not every practitioner has the same interpretation of the pain scale also, which yeah. makes it even harder to measure. Uh, it makes it really hard. And at the end of the day, you know, our classic do no harm comes into play with that. And, you know, if you're not well versed or comfortable, you know, with how somebody describes pain and you do think that it's, you know, going to be not the best move to treat them in that visit. Then, right. And that's an interesting thing too, because um, I've had folks call me in a very, what I would consider acute situations, you know, where they're in full blown spasm and they can, you know, they can't straighten up, they can't stand up straight. You know, in those cases, I'm not going to send them to the hospital, but I'm not going to treat them in that visit either, especially if that episode's been 45 minutes or longer. So if they've been in that situation 45 minutes or longer, I'm not going to, you know, that, that might be a red flag for me personally, because that's a good situation whereas if we try to you know do any work we could we could make that even worse in that moment people come in with pain we've you know brought them out of fear we've done our best to calm them down and then we've done our best soft tissue work then they ask the question you know and we're massage therapists we're not going to write scripts for x-rays or mris but let's face it we get those questions do you think i should get an x-ray or an mri what happens next do you think i should get an x-ray or mri and could let's say impressions or readings on an x-ray contribute to somebody's fear and possibly exacerbate their pain, especially if it's a all too common condition that many people end up with. And the category of arthritis, osteoarthritis, stenosis, spondylolisthesis, and, and in that category, which are all pretty common orthopedic conditions. Yeah. So then would that fall under, are you referring to maybe a nocebo effect? I am. Yes, yeah. sir. Do you want to define that for our listeners who are hearing that for the first time? Oh, what's a good way to define nocebo? I'm going to call it the opposite of placebo, where placebo is 
no treatment or no drug is given, but the nocebo effect is something is suggested to someone that they should hurt. And so I'm going to give an example, say chiropractor takes an x-ray of someone and sees that they have some curvature in their spine and says, wow, you don't have any low back pain. And the patient says, no, I don't have any low back pain. Oh, well, according to your x-ray, it looks like you should have pain. And then two weeks later, they end up having pain just because it was suggested to them. Yeah. How would you add to that definition? And I'm just going to say to your analogy, man, that is a total bummer when that stuff happens. Bums me out. No, I think you said it all, right? I think that's a great way of saying it. You know, so earlier when we started to talk about that, it's pretty common for people over the age of 40 to 45 have arthritis. So then people go get an x-ray and, you know, sure enough, okay, you know, you have some, you know, arthritic changes of L5S1 or degenerative changes of L5S1. And what hap- what's the possibility that happens next to that client? Probably what you said, their back pain exacerbates and now they feel fearful of doing things, exercise, moving, walking, doing their activity of activities of daily living. And everything's exacerbated at that point. Yep. Oh my gosh. I have arthritis. Yep. That's it. This is why this is, this is the rest of my life. Here I am in the club. I got the arthritis, right? Yeah. (laughs) So the good news is, I think the good news is, is that probably over recent years, I'm finding at least uh, in my area, a lot of uh, folks are getting away from doing images unless they, uh, feel it as what they call a red flag issue that might fall into the category of a break fracture or the possibility of cancer and getting away from that stuff. So I actually love that I'm seeing that being employed in the real world of uh, in the medical system and orthopedics. And so people will say to me, do you think I should get an x-ray? I'll explain it to them that, hey, listen, you know, if I don't say no, I'll never say no to anybody because, hey, we also have to cover our assets. God forbid we miss something and it's happened to everybody once or twice in their life and their career. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, it's going to happen. And that's just the reality of it. So covering your assets and I'll say, well, here's the reasons and I'll, and I'll explain to them the arthritis scenario, the chances are, you know, something like that might come up. And then I'll ask them the question, you know, Hey, what if you get an x-ray and there's nothing on it at all? How will you feel about that? And they'll say, well, I'll feel confused because I feel like something should be there because I have low back pain. And then we can go back into all the reasons um, people might have pain. So I'll say sometimes, you know, getting an image for educational purposes is a great way to go if you take it for educational purposes. So maybe we learn that you have, you know, something very common and great. We know that you have it and it's all another good reason to move your body, to exercise, to, you know, get regular soft tissue work. And like Hulk Hogan said, you know, say your prayers and eat your vitamins. I love it. I got another question because, you know, I'm full of questions. I like the questions. I know. Why is it so often that people refer to their pain as the last activity that they did? They always blame it on, oh, I must have slept wrong or, oh, it was, you know, it was this, I bent over and I did this and and now now my back hurts. Why are we always looking to, to blame the last thing that we did? Correlation and causation. And that's just exactly what it means. It must be, it just must be, you know, I went on this trip and I slept in a different bed. So it must be that reason. Although that's a bad analogy because usually, usually that's the opposite. Usually it's, I went on vacation 
and my back didn't hurt for a week. So it must be my bed at home. So I must have to get a new mattress. And then, and then I go back to that biopsychosocial model piece and I'll say, do you think that you were on vacation for a week could have something to do with the fact that you didn't have any pain that week? So correlation and causation is a really hard, uh, difficult thing to uh, discuss. And quite frankly, I could use some help on that because that's one area that I'm not finding any good education to pull people away from that thinking. And I, I'll talk to them about everything that you've, you and I have been talking about thus far, but man, they are just going to be, they're really stuck in that. It's hard. We, we got to find that. We got to find that reason, that scapegoat, the, the narrative, the story that we tell ourselves yeah. We can't just have pain for, for no reason. We can't, you know, and that, and that's just exactly it. I had a, uh, this is a Ruth Warner comment. I had a client who, and it just so happens on the day that we're recording this, I have a, I had a client this morning, great young woman. And, um, you know, she's only, she's only seen me for a few visits and kind of far apart. You know, we've had like a good four to six weeks in between visits, which isn't, you know, it's just the way that fell. And she just came into me with like a little bit of neck and upper upper shoulder girdle pain. And we had a really successful first visit, you know, and she came in for a second visit and she's like, man, nobody's ever helped me like this before. We had, you know, she was out of it. She was feeling better. She was super happy. And fast forward, fast forward. I saw her today. It's been almost two months since her last visit. And she's like, man, it came back in the worst way. So then the first question was, what do you think I did? And I like to I like to joke with my clients and lighten the mood. And I said, Well, I'm not living with you. You know, I don't I can't follow you around. That'd be kind of creepy. So I don't know, I don't know what she did. She says, Well, I can't think of anything. She says, I've been doing everything that I normally do. So how can this be? So then I backed up to that biopsychosocial model piece. And I said, well, how's life been treating you recently? She says, not good. She's like, I've been getting my my butt kicked, you know, and my stress level's been through the roof. So I did the re reverse Uno card and I asked her, you know, do you think that this could, do you think that could be contributing to your shoulder pain? It took her a minute and she was like, yeah, I do. But she was looking for what did I do? Did I hold my fork wrong? I don't even use my left arm. How could I have left pain in my left side? And the list went on. Yeah. How is it referred to? Pain is the sum of all inputs. Is that what yeah. I've heard in the past before? How it comes in and how it comes out. And um, the biopsychosocial model, we brought that up a few times and that might be a new term that uh, some listeners are are uh, hearing for the first time. Yeah. Why don't you define that a little bit for us, Nate? Well, it's it's encompassing, right? That there's you know probably three big avenues of the whys people might have pain. So it could be that mental health aspect, the psycho part, you know, um, stress, anxiety, depression, which we've been talking about. It could be that social part, socioeconomic factors. You know, I hate my job. I hate my family. I hate my friends. Well, I'm almost 50 years old. I can't get a new job. I don't want to find new friends. And I always say, so I just better go see that back guy that helps me out all the time. And then there's what we focus on, right? Movement, structure, function, positive posture, pain, performance, and all that kind of good stuff. So there's there's a big long list of why people might have pain. And they all overlap one another, correct? And they, they all, yeah, yeah they, they all overlap. So maybe piriformis and quadratus lumborum can get out of jail. <laughs> Not all their fault. So how would we sum all this up? Yeah, that's a good question. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, what did we learn? What did we learn from all this? I think you said it best at the end, man. 
Pain is the sum of all inputs. And I think that it's important for us as massage therapists to understand that pain is, you know, is there's a lot of factors and there's a lot of different experiences out there. <laughs> and I think like our listener, Jamie pointed out that um, reducing fear is one of the best things that we could possibly do with our clients that are in front of us before we even put our hands on them. You know, I say this a lot. I say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you have pain. Yeah. We're going to work through it together though. Who are outside of experts like Ben and Nate here? Who are some other people in our world talking about all this good stuff? Wow. Pain in, in specific? Yeah. I mean, in the manual therapy world, there's a whole new wave of educators kind of uh, peeking through, peeking through the fold a little bit. And, um, you know, we have uh, we have our good our acquaintance, uh, Walt Fritz, that talks about this quite a bit. And, uh, I, you know, I always like to give credit where credit's due. Um, I always give credit to my uh, buddy, Eric Dalton, who has had a body of work over 35 years and uh, even to this day is updating and rethinking and re-talking about how he explains things. You know, what are some other great resources that people can dive into this? Yeah, we were talking earlier. I I really appreciate Doug Nelson's approach. Um, he's been doing yeah. body work for a really long time. And in preparation for this, I was reading through his Mystery of Pain book again. And like I said to you earlier, his writing is such that it's it's easy to read. It's not a technical read. It's it's very fun to read. And Doug is just a wealth of knowledge. He's the former president of the Massage Therapy Foundation, which funds research for massage. So he's a, he's a good res resource. There's a lot of great uh, lectures on YouTube that you can dive into. And I also really enjoy listening to a gentleman by the name of Lorimer Mosley. So those are some great resources for you guys outside of us. Let me ask you one more question. I don't think I want to end this yet, though. I want to stay in the ring for another minute. Ask me another question, Nate. What are some methods that we can do after our session? How can we send our clients home? And um, what are some things that we might talk to them to do or to work on? That's a good question. Um, I was just thinking about this earlier today, and it's, it's not a exact fit for this. But if you think about it, if you assess yourself and think about how you're feeling. If you're looking for pain in your body, you're probably going to find it. Yeah. And if you assess yourself and you're looking for the areas that look that feel good, you're probably going to find it. So I try to maybe steer them in that direction is and like, you know, start your day off with telling yourself what's good, what's going well in your body. Yeah. That's kind of a big picture sort of a thing. What kind of things do you uh do you suggest to people to help with pain? You said it best. I didn't even know you were going to say that, but uh, I have to. I have to mirror that answer. And along with that, you know, I might. Um, people don't like to do this stuff, but I might also recommend they write it down. Write down what feels good today, and write down, you know, if you had some low back pain, maybe how your day was a little bit different, and maybe start to see if that starts to add up the more you write it down. But always have to go with that positive stuff. I can tell you though, from experience, when you are in acute pain, it is not easy to think about what's feeling good because <laughs> that thing is just lighting up yeah. and letting you know it's there. Absolutely. And and with that being said, right, it's it's going to be situational dependent, you know, so that that uh, acute person that we're ready to treat, you know, sometimes your goal is to just, you know, get them comfortable before you get yeah. into that stuff, man, they just want to, they just want to be able to move a little bit better. Well, I loved what we talked about today. This is going to be a great episode. I can't wait to share this with everyone and seeing that, that we get to share with you 
I want to just throw it out that, hey, we want you to share with us. Let us know your questions. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know anything you got going on. Tell me tell me what you had for dinner yesterday. But where can they tell us all this, Nate? They can tell us at Ben and Nate's questions that we ask people on the internet on our Facebook page. So guys, got to find us, got to like us, got to follow it because the social media algorithm is not always great. So we want you to stay in tune with our page and interact with us uh, even more than you have been. Help us out. Let us know what you think. Stay tuned for the next episode coming soon. So thank you everyone for watching. Thanks everybody. We'll see you for episode number 10.